And welcome into another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you alongside. The Packers are 0-1 on the season. A rough season opener at Minnesota for Green Bay. If you look at the stat sheet, and we will here in a moment, if you look at the stat sheet, they weren't dominated. But they struggled scoring points, and they struggled in coverage against Justin Jefferson, which will also bring up another question as to why Jair Alexander wasn't on Justin Jefferson the entire game. This is, by the way, what we're going to do on Mondays following the Packers game. We'll just kind of take a few minutes and dissect it just a little bit. We'll also hear from the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, coming up in just a few minutes. We will also hear the latest from Packers head coach Matt LaFleur in the wake of the game, as well as what he had to say on Monday as well. But if you do take a look at how the Packers came out, certainly defensively, they were a little bit flat. They just let the the Vikings march down the field. 10-play, 78-yard drive, took 5 minutes and 43 seconds off the clock. Justin Jefferson with his first of two touchdown receptions, uh, and that gave the Vikings a 7 to nothing lead. I loved their answer back. I loved the way that they just went for it on first and 10, first play from scrimmage, You got the new kid, Christian Watson, out there, and he just blew past Patrick Peterson. Now, Patrick Peterson, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL over the last decade plus. Um, Patrick Peterson, uh, someone who has made, I think, eight Pro Bowls. He's a multiple-time All-Pro performer, but he's also now deep into his 30s, and that's a, a speed position at cornerback. So you had Christian Watson on a fly route, just bust right past him. Aaron Rodgers hit him in stride, and in that split second before Christian Watson dropped what appeared to be for a wide receiver in the NFL, the easiest pass you could possibly ever get, for a split second, you were like, okay, this is how this Packers season in 2022 is going to go. They get bit by their opponents in their first Uh, possession defensively they're going to come right back and try to strike while everyone else is flat-footed and still celebrating the touchdown I loved the play call I loved the decision there's only one thing that didn't make that work and that was Christian Watson dropping the ball now Christian Watson is known for being a good hands receiver it just listen Devontae Adams dropped a lot of passes his rookie season as well so I'm not going to damn Christian Watson for the rest of eternity, for the rest of his Packers career, unless this keeps happening. But it's one drop. Drops are going to happen. It was just at a bad time. It would have changed the entire complexion of the game. Because if you look at the final scores, 27 or 23 to 7, did the Packers get their asses kicked? Well, if you look at the, the final score, it might indicate that, yeah, they certainly did struggle a lot. The only thing that they really struggled on was finishing two plays. Now, again, they could have switched things up a lot uh, defensively. I mean, Justin Jefferson caught nine balls for 184 yards. I mean, that's absurd. Two touchdowns, his longest was 64. He averaged over 20 yards per reception. It's an excuse, but that's losing football is what that is. But the Packers failed to do... Two things. They they failed to finish two plays. The Christian Watson drop, which would have been a touchdown, which would have changed the entire complexion of this game. 
the Packers wouldn't have been playing from behind. Maybe they could have used their running backs a little bit more than they did. Again, we'll get to that in a moment as well, because that was a missed opportunity for Matt LaFleur and Adam Stenovich. But also, fourth and one on the Vikings' goal line, on their one-yard line, it's the oldest adage in football. If you can't move the pile to get a fourth and one, you probably don't deserve to win the game. Well, there you go. That comes from somewhere, that old adage. Because what's the surest play in all of football when it's fourth and inches? Quarterback sneak. Why? Not because the defense isn't keying up on it. Of course the defense knows what's going to happen. Of course the quarterback is going to try to sneak it. But if you can get any kind of push, because you know when the ball is being snapped. They don't. They can guess. But they don't know when the ball is being snapped. They don't know what the count is. They don't know if it's a silent count. You do. That's the inherent advantage that the offense has. So all you have to do is get a little push, and the quarterback can basically lay on his center, and hopefully, dependent upon whether he's going right or left, the guard will open up just enough of a hole for the quarterback to get that first down. A.J. Dillon needed to get into the end zone. And he was stopped cold. Yeah, listen, credit the Vikings. The Vikings, I'm not going to credit Patrick Peterson. He got lucky. But, you know, on that goal line stand, credit the Vikings. They nutted up and, and they did what they had to do because they were given the opportunity by the Packers' guard play to get in there and and to stop A.J. Dillon at the time. And John Runyon, he's got to get more of a push. And Jake Hansen has to get more of a push in there. Josh Myers has to get more of a push. They knew that they were going to be running between the tackles because Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari were both ruled out before the game began. And injuries are going to play a role on this Packers team, I think, for the rest of this season, too. Certainly, it played a role last year when David Bakhtiari was only able to play 30 snaps in the entire season. I hope he's—not only do I hope he's back, obviously— I hope when he does come back, if he does come back, I think he's going to come back. Unless this is the biggest snow job that an NFL team has ever perpetrated upon its fans and media base. I think David Bakhtiari at some point is going to come back, but he's had setback after setback after setback. When he's healthy, he's the best left tackle in football. He has helped make the Packers offense what the Packers offense has been. Two seasons ago, he helped make... Aaron Rodgers, an MVP. He helped make Devontae. Because, listen, if the quarterback has his blind side covered, if the quarterback has confidence in the fact that he's not going to be trying to throw from his back, that opens up lanes for guys. And we've seen it time and time again, whether it's Devontae Adams or in years prior to that, Jordy Nelson. And David Bakhtiari has developed into the best left tackle in all of football. Not bad for a fourth-round draft pick. I hope when he does come back that he's he's right, that he's able to not only get in, but also perform at a level that he's become accustomed to. Because that's this Packers team. It's going to be critical, crucial for this Packers team. You don't expect Elton Jenkins back. You'd love to get him back, but even when it was being talked about as a possibility, you're like, what? I mean, he just tore his ACL. 
But then again, I think about it in terms like this. They also teased us with this a year ago, David Bakhtiari. Is David Bakhtiari going to be ready for opening day? Ah, uh, no. Is David Bakhtiari going to be ready for any action during the season? Well, you sure hope so, and it didn't really come to fruition. And then it was setback after setback, procedure after procedure, and now it's it's kind of a waiting game as to whether or not you're going to get your all-pro left tackle back on the field. So my point is you knew that they were going to be running between the guards, running between the tackles, I should say. You're running between the guards, you're trying to run it you know, over the center, but you'll, you'll be running it between the tackles. But the thing is, they didn't really do that, even though that was part of the stated game plan. And as you'll hear when we hear from Packers head coach Matt LaFleur in just a few minutes, he'll be talking about, yeah, we want to get the, the running game. We want to get that more as, as part of the offense. Gr- great, then do it. I'm not the one holding the play sheet. I'm not the one in the quarterback's ear. You want to run the ball more? It's like we've been hearing this for a couple of years now. Tom Silverstein in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel said as much this morning as well. And I'm like, I'm screaming at my newspaper this morning. Well, nobody reads a newspaper anymore. Screaming at my computer screen this morning. Yes, finally, somebody said it. It's a very simple plan. If you want to run the ball, just run the ball. Because the Packers really didn't. Aaron Jones, five carries for 49 yards. It's averaging almost 10 yards per carry. A.J. Dillon, 10 carries for 45 yards. They only combined for 15 carries. You're supposed to have the best one-two punch in all of football when it comes to your running game. Super. Use it. You have receivers that are young, inexperienced, and don't have that pedigree. Like when Jamar Chase, I'll give you an example. When Jamar Chase was drafted last year in the first round, or when Justin Jefferson a couple of years ago, he's entering his third season. When they were drafted in the first round, at both out of LSU, they had this pedigree, championship pedigree, but also first round draft pick, can't miss pedigree. And they've lived up to it. The Packers, not necessarily. I mean, they get Christian Watson in the second round. But he's also out of a small school, a successful small school in North Dakota State, but a small school nevertheless. You're not talking about Saturday nights in Death Valley. You're not talking about the bright lights of the SEC. You're not talking about national championship aspirations as you are with those other guys. Listen, I think Christian Watson's going to have a fine career, but again, doesn't have that pedigree. I mean, I talked to him in training camp about family night of all things. You know, what's it going to be like when you step out onto the field for a practice and there's 70,000 fans? Well, he's talking about how a stadium in Fargo held about 20,000. Whereas, you know, Big Ten schools have, in some cases, 100,000, certainly in the SEC. I mean, they live, breathe, eat, and sleep and die football. And when you're a rookie... I think that carries more weight. Eventually, when you're a veteran and you've been in the league for a few years, you know it all becomes old hat and everything kind of evens out a little bit, but we're not at that point yet for a guy like Christian Watson or a guy like Romeo Dobbs. So A.J. Dillon caught the most balls. He caught five passes. Dobbs caught four. Robert Tanyan, good to have him back, caught three. Aaron Jones, three. Sammy Watkins caught three. 
He's a little bit of an, uh, an enigma. Jodiah DeGuara caught two, but I think they were both in garbage time. Randall Cobb caught a couple of balls. I'm not furious at this Packers team. They just didn't finish a few plays. They had more first downs than the Vikings did. Time of possession was pretty even. Third down efficiency was pretty even. Total net yards was pretty even. Rushing yards was pretty even. Passing yards was pretty even. Aaron Rodgers had a bad interception. You don't normally see that from him. You don't normally see Aaron Rodgers just chuck one up, which is what he did. I think it was born out of frustration. But he tried to force it into double coverage. Intended receiver Randall Cobb. It's one of the poorer passes that you'll see from Aaron Rodgers. But this was a game that certainly was there for the taking, and the Vikings took it. They earned it. Packers didn't. Let's hear from the head coach. Let's hear from Matt LaFleur after the ball game. Uh, obviously, wasn't very good. Um, that starts with me. You definitely have to have a better plan for our team and get our guys better prepared. Uh, certainly... Um, give the Minnesota Vikings a ton of credit. They came ready to play. Uh, they had, uh, obviously had a great plan. And, you know, we knew going into this game that stopping uh, their, their their lead dogs really offensively and defensively were, were going to be a, an important part of it. And certainly we, we didn't get that done. Anytime Jefferson has almost 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns, um, you know, and then uh, on the other side, I think what, they have four sacks or whatever. And so um, – didn't didn't uh, stop their big time playmakers and allow them to make big time plays and um, if you do that you're not going to win very many games in this league. Yeah, I mean it. It doesn't necessarily always work that way in terms of if you just commit to playing man coverage the whole game. Sure, you could do it, um, but. You know, they do a nice job of, of putting them in different positions, you know, whether it's in the slot, whether it's motioning. Um, it seemed like he was in motion quite a bit, uh, just moving them all over the place. And, you know, you got to give them credit. They, they put them in, in, you know, premier spots and uh, attacked our coverage well. And certainly we had a couple blown coverages as well where we're cutting them loose. And if there's anybody you don't want to cut it loose, it's number 18. So... Uh, we'll go back. We'll look at the tape. Obviously, again, we have to coach so much better. Um, you know, this is this is two years in a row where we've we've come out week one and have not looked prepared. Uh, so I think all of us will look inward and we'll make the necessary corrections because there's no time to feel sorry for yourself in this league. And we know we're we're gonna battle a Chicago Bears team that's gonna be coming in flying high off a big-time upset of, of the 49ers. How much did the Christian Watson drop on the first play and the fourth down stop change the tenor of the game? Yeah, I mean, certainly those are plays you, you definitely want back. Um, but those those happen in this league, and you got to capitalize uh, when you get those opportunities. And uh, we, we, we didn't, but to say that play or the, the goal line stand um, – made the difference, I, th- I think that's unfair to say. I actually thought about it, uh, I want to say yesterday or two days ago, and just wanted to showcase his speed, and he certainly ran pretty fast on that play, and we just got to finish the play. 
When did you know that you weren't going to have Dave and Elton? And I guess how much does that complicate your play calling when you're not you don't quite have your premier guys at those spots against their premier guys? Yeah, no, like, like we said all along, Dave, Dave and Elton are, are doing everything they can do and um, our, our day-to-day, but certainly it, it does put a little bit of strain, but that's not an excuse. I mean, I mean, we gotta, we gotta adapt, we gotta adjust. So, we gotta be better. What type of impact did Darius have on the game? Well, I think it, a tremendous impact. It, you know, he had a critical um, sack fumble. He had another sack on a third down, and um, you know, we knew knew Z was going to be amped up and ready to go, and he's a great player. Uh, we got to witness that firsthand for a couple of years, and he he made a huge impact um, in our football that you got to account for in every play, and it does make it tough when there's when there's two creatures out there that are, are pretty good, and um, you know give them credit. They had a great scheme. They weren't going to try to give up big plays. They they definitely um, kept a lid on on top of on top of us for the most part, and you know. When you do that and you're trying to throw some big-time plays, that, that allows sometimes the, the pass rushers to hit home. It seemed like one of the areas your offense had success was on the ground. There was some stretch of the carry. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, anytime Aaron Jones comes out of the game with eight touches, that, that's not good enough. And A.J. Dillon, what, he have 10 or so? Um, that's not good enough. After what you saw from the defense all camp long, were you surprised by today's performance? Uh, you know, yeah, I would I would say so. But you also got to give Minnesota a lot of credit. We knew that, you know, they, they've got some really good players. The off, starting with the offensive line, I think I don't think they get the credit they deserve. I think that, uh, you know, everybody knows about the two receivers. Irv Smith's a hell of a tight end. And you got Delvin Cook and Madison to – to worry about in the backfield and and you know Kirk has been playing at a high level for a really long time in this league so that is on paper and then they went out there and executed that's a really good offense I got a lot of respect for Kevin O'Connell and, and Wes Phillips in terms of their ability to to coach and I, I know where they come from and um, I, I know they're really great coaches and that's that can be a deadly combination what Dave said about the defense on the offensive side, there has been some inconsistency from what we at least saw during camp. Is any surprises that that was kind of the case today a little bit? Yeah, no, I mean, you never want to go out there in, in a football game and, and put up that kind of a performance. Um, so we got to look at, at the plan that we had, um, making sure that we're putting our players in a good position. And I think we just talked about it in terms of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones how important they are to our football team. We got to get them more involved, whether it's in the run game, pass game, however it may be. But um, we got to lean on those guys. What happened on that fourth and goal? The one I, I obviously said Darius came down, but was there anything else that played on that one? Yeah, we had a, it was an RPO zone read type play. And, um, you know, they did a nice job defending the, the, the pass portion of it. And we gave it and Z did a good job crashing. And, you know, he's unblocked on that play and he made, he made the play. Yeah, no, that's that's something that we were talking about uh, prior to the the fourth down play. Is if we got inside the three yard line that we were gonna we were gonna go for it, and we had a couple different plays dialed up. Uh, certainly wish I would have called one of the other ones, but uh, didn't. And 
you know, we got to learn from it and we got to be better because that, that was something that has definitely hindered us. If you're looking back, you know, in the past to last season as well, where we're not finishing in the red zone. So um, obviously got, got to do a better job of putting our guys in, in better position. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur after the ball game on Sunday. All right, let's spin that into Matt LaFleur's Monday news conference when he met the media. Our guys' effort on the field I thought was was outstanding for the duration of the game. Um, it just it, it came down to lack of execution, and then our mistakes became critical errors. You know, it, we always talk about winning the ball, and, and when you're down minus two in that area, that, that uh, significantly reduces your opportunities to win games. But then just... Some of the mistakes that we made just led to um, both pl- uh, big-time plays on both sides of the ball. And so that's, that's going to be the emphasis is just cleaning up some of the communication errors um, and making sure guys are, are doing their responsibility, whatever that may be. Because uh, there was plenty of things that on both sides that we've seen throughout the course of the offseason. It wasn't like there was these new plays, uh, you know, in, in either of those phases that came up. It was just, um, I don't want to call them routine plays either, but they there were plays that, you know, for whatever reason, the communication was off and the execution was off, and then we got guys covering for another guy, and then um, that's how bad things happen. You mentioned the communication. Aaron said that there was guys up front blocking the wrong, wrong guys on some plays. You saw the miscommunication in, in your zone, secondary coverage. I'm not asking about preseason because I, I get it. You want to keep your guys' bodies fresh. But is, is that not doing the preseason? Is, is that kind of a, this opener is going to be you want to see some of that miscommunication in this setting because you don't have that chance? And how do you get that fixed? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think every team's a little bit different. I think, you know. Um, Minnesota didn't play their guys in the preseason, so obviously it didn't hurt them. So maybe we're doing something wrong in practice, whatever it may be. But uh, certainly it, it's disappointing. I thought that our guys were locked in, ready to go. Um, like I said, I thought the effort was outstanding. It's just uh, disappointing when you have a veteran group at certain spots and, and uh, you do have those miscommunications or just guys not playing their responsibility. So that's going to be a point of emphasis, and uh, we'll make sure we get that corrected. And uh, we have to get it corrected in an urgent manner and uh, get ready to play Chicago. Okay. I realize that you guys spent hours and hours and hours game planning. I'm just curious when uh, one of your premier players, like Jair, says, you know, I really want to cover this guy. And you guys know best, you can't listen to every player. But how do you handle that? Yeah, if you want to change the structure of your defense, I mean, you could certainly do that. Um, I think if you if you watch the game, there were many times throughout the course of that game where it wasn't just a single motion, it was a double motion, right? So now you're talking about trailing a guy, whatever it may be, but you would have to commit to man coverage. I don't know how else you get it done. And you would, I think situationally, I think it, it can be done. But, uh, to, you know, it's more than just, if a guy goes in motion, it's more than just one guy 
covering that guy. Now you're talking about 10 other guys changing their responsibilities, possibly, if you're in a zoning defense, which you just you, you don't really see that. I think they did a great job game planning, um, you know, and, and moving Jefferson around. Um, and they put him in some opportune spots. And there were certain coverages where they, they're going to have the advantage on. And that's I think it's very similar to, to how we used Devonte a year ago, and you know when you have a premier player like that, that has the versatility and the route route ability uh, to run many different routes, uh, you know that's a huge advantage for an offense. And then, not to mention, you got to worry about Thielen and then Dalvin Cook. And I'm not trying to make excuses. That's not what I'm trying to do. Um, but that's just the facts. And bottom line. Who's ever on them? We gotta we gotta perform better, and um, certainly I do agree that there there are certain situations that you could do that, and I think you saw that in the game. There was one late in the game where they ran a drive concept. We were in two man. Jair took Jefferson. Uh, it was the one where Keyshawn Nixon made the play on on the shallow cross that that led to a fourth down stop. So uh, or uh, third down stop where they punted, but. Yeah, situationally, I think it's it's much easier to do. I think it's it's hard to do that um, throughout the course of the game unless you are committed to playing man coverage every snap. Along those lines, and I guess maybe you sort of answered, maybe is it something she could do on third down? So I think Jefferson had two of his 20 yarders and the touchdown were either third or fourth down. So is that maybe an option? Yeah, yeah. potentially, absolutely. I think that's something that we'll talk, we'll talk about it each and every week, and every week's a little bit different. But, you know... We have a lot of confidence in our, our other corners out there too, whether it's Stokes or, or Rasul Douglas. So it's, you know, how exotic you want to be and, and exactly what you want to do. Hey Matt, you're, you're the king of the buck stops here. Every time you guys lose, you say the same thing. You always say it starts with me. And I respect that. So what did you not do well enough yesterday? Because you you had all kinds of prep time, and you had all these different ideas. You have a shot plan in first play that if Christian makes the catch, we're probably having a different conversation about the way the game went. Like, did you really think you did that? Like, yeah, I did. I, I think any time that, especially, um, I'll put the offensive coordinator hat on for a second. When you, when two of your best players are your running backs, and they have, I think it was 18 touches total, that's not good enough. So. Um, was it 18 or was it more than that? 23. Oh, 23? Well, it, regardless, um, we, we need to get them the ball more, um, especially in the run game. I thought we were running the ball pretty efficiently. Uh, we had a, a couple of explosive runs. I thought our backs were just – I really loved how they competed. I mean, they were fighting for every inch out there. And shoot, even when you see, like, uh, on that explosive pass to, to Bobby Tunyon, you can watch Aaron Jones on the fly motion, how he, he regathers and, you know, he's blocking downfield. So I, I love the energy and the effort they bring, um, you know, and, and certainly want to get them more involved in our offense and, quite frankly, take a little bit of pressure off everybody else. Um, I think when, when you are committed to the run game, you know, the Vikings had a good good plan to, to rush our quarterback, and they were getting some pretty good push when, when we did throw the football. Um, and so that, that kind of takes a little bit of the stress off our offense line as well. Can you do that when you run an offense, though, that has RPOs 
that has cam plays where your quarterback has all kinds of freedom. Like, I, I'm, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing there were probably some plays that started out as runs that ended up as passes during the game too. That maybe. Yeah, but that's that's always the case for us, you know. And certainly we've got the utmost confidence in Aaron. Why wouldn't you? Um, to 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 make the right decisions and. He's been he's been pretty good over our time, so we'll never sit here and, and second guess that. Uh, you know, I think that's an element of our offense that makes it a little bit more difficult to defend. And uh, bottom line is, you know, we've got to put our our players in better positions, and that always starts with me. It, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, it doesn't matter. Um, just those conversations that I have with Rich or Joe Barry in in regards to how we're gonna handle certain situations and attack and, um, you know, the communication's got to be better, starting with me. You mentioned yesterday. Yeah, go ahead. Um, that was a situation inside backer with Chris and, and Quay. Yeah, so um, obviously KB, it, it looked pretty significant. I think we avoided uh, significant injury. So that that was um, some good news today. And, you know, I. I We'll, we'll give Quay the week, but we're hopeful that he'll be back ready to roll. You mentioned yesterday how it was the second straight year you've had an opener where you guys just didn't show up or weren't prepared, didn't, didn't play your best. Does that make Yeah, I, I would say that we didn't play our best. That's how I – because I think our guys did show up. We just didn't execute. And, and you know, all you got to do is, is look at just the end of the game, how, how our guys were still competing. Um, you know, and playing hard. And so that, to me, is encouraging. So we just got to, there's a lot we got to clean up, obviously. Um, and it, it starts with how we go out there and practice and just making sure that we're very deliberate with our practice and um, intentional. And, um, you know, we got a lot of work in front of us. Well, along those lines, is it, that, does that make today feel a little bit like Monday of week two last year? Because you guys have been here before and what do you take from that? Because you, you did it pretty well last year in terms of flushing that opener and moving off your season. What do you take from that and implement now as you got to do the same thing? Well, I think that's just life in the National Football League. If if you live on what you did yesterday, whether you win or or you lose, uh, you're not going to get better. So we're always going to be very very critical and hard on ourselves uh, from a coaching standpoint, from a player standpoint. And, and try to make the necessary adjustments, try to make the necessary corrections, and you know, um, try, to, try to avoid this in the future as best we can. But um, this, this league is a humbling league. The, I mean, all you gotta do is look around the league at, at some of the scores, and I'm sure there was a few eye poppers that uh, nobody expected, but that's this league, and you better be your best every opportunity that you get to go out on that field, otherwise, uh, you get stuck up here answering your guys' questions. Well, you answer them if you win, too. But, yeah. Sure, <laughs> but it's, they're a lot different when you win. Do you have an update on Keyshawn and Yeah, I mean, um, again, I don't have a clear cut as far as what their avail availability is going to be like, but um, you mean Runyon? Runyon, yes. Okay, because you threw me off there. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I, I have no updates right now. We'll, we'll we'll have an injury report for you on Wednesday. Speaking about Jake Hansen, what was the thought process of starting him maybe over a guy like Zach Tom? Just Jake's had an outstanding camp, and you know uh, 
we just thought he was one of the top five at, at the moment. And uh, there, there was a lot of good things. And then there were some things that were not so good. And I think by and large, that was pretty much how we played up front all, for, for the most part. Uh, I thought Josh Myers had a pretty solid game, but everybody else, there was, there was some moments of good and some not so good. You obviously want to get Jones the ball, but Aaron mentioned wanting to get Sammy more involved. You, you have a tight end who probably should get a couple targets who hasn't played in a while. You want to get the rookies feet wet. So how do you balance that wanting to get, is it just you need more plays or do you have to say, you know what, not screw those other guys, but forget it, we got to give the ball to 43 more? That, that's a hell of a question. Um, <laughs> Because everybody has their own desires and wants, but the bottom line is you got to find a, win, uh, a way to win the game. Um, but that, you know, I think that's something that we we struggle with each and every week. Because you'd like to get everybody involved, and certainly if you have more plays, it's a hell of a lot easier to do. Um, but you know, we got to put ourselves in better position to to maximize on our opportunities. Like I like I mentioned, you know, there was there was opportunities from an offensive standpoint to to cash in. Certainly. Um, you know, first play of the game and, and not converting on a fourth down. We had another fourth down late in the game where, where we don't convert. Um, so we, we just got to be better in those situations. On punts, um, just watching Lab, looks like he almost had three of them blocked. I assume the Vikings maybe were trying to block yeah. those. I guess what do you think of your protection there? Is it a concern? Uh, definitely way too leaky. Uh, just guys got to, again, they've got to trust their teammate, they got to trust themselves and, and the techniques that we work since the day Rich got here. And I think you saw a little bit of that um, go away in the game. And I think sometimes that happens, uh, you know, in, in game situations is you, you, you truly got to be as present as possible and, and trust your technique, trust the way you've been trained. And you can't go rogue and deviate from that. And I think there was a little of that that was going on. Um, and that's why there, there were a couple of situations where there was way too much penetration. And, but all, all in all, I thought Pat did a hell of a job punting the football. I thought our coverage was, was on point. Um, you know, I thought, our, for, the, for the most part, our special teams did a, did a nice job. Yeah, um, Aaron talked about mental mistakes a lot a couple times last night. I'm wondering, is there a way to maintain being the offense that you are and, and put younger guys in positions where they're less likely to make mental mistakes and still retain what you guys are offensively? I mean, I understand there's certain things that you have to be able to do and make calls on as a, whether you're a first-year guy or a tenth-year guy. But are there ways that you can help them so they're in less positions to make mental errors or not really? Um. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. The more carryover you have on a week-to-week -week basis, but also understand that uh, the defense is probably practicing exactly what you've been doing. So, yeah, there's that fine line. And, and that's why we try to, throughout the course of training camp, the majority of the concepts that we feel that we're going to need during the season, we'd like to at least have got them repped a couple times so that we're not introducing a whole new offense on a week-to-week -week basis because I've, we've been a part, I mean, I've been a part of teams where it felt like a new offense every week. It's so game plan driven and um, that's not what we want to be about. I, I don't believe in that philosophically. I, I just think for guys to go out there and play fast and be able to react, they got to have a, a very good foundation. And so um, not to say that you can't, you know, have some game plan plays because we always do. 
or, or um, try to hide certain concepts or whatever you may be doing, whether it's formationally, whether it's by personnel groupings. Uh, you want to make it difficult on the defense and, and easier for your guys. So, um, you know, those young guys, I think for the most part, and I think you're talking more about the wide receivers, uh, there, there wasn't a ton of mistakes by, by the young guys. Um, you know, it's just, again, it comes down to execution. You've got some, some new guys, but it's largely the same core that, that you had last year. Do you sense any difference with your guys this year, any less panic than, than a year ago, having gone through what, what you're going through now with a poor opener and, and moving on from it? Yeah, no, I, I think I'll have a better feel as we get through the week. Um, certainly, I think a lot of our veterans, yeah, I don't think this isn't their first rodeo and this is not the first time they've suffered a defeat. Uh, but it's always interesting to see how young guys respond to to a defeat or not playing your best, and so um, you know you got to you got to be critical, but at the same time you still got to try to um, you know put your arm around these guys because you want them confident. I think when when you see teams that go out there and can execute at a high level, obviously there's a, a level of skill that's demanded upon them, but also there's a level of confidence that's there that allows because football is going to be imperfect and we talk about it all the time how it's an imperfect game and you got to be resilient and you got to be able to whether you do good or bad on a play you got to go on go into the next play and with uh, and, and try to hit that reset button so that's what we're going to do collectively as a team and um, it's going to start with our preparation on Wednesday and we, we got to have a, a great week of prep what did you think of Quay yesterday before he got hurt I thought there was a lot of good things. I think the first series was a little shaky for him. Um, you know, just, and that, I mean, that tends to be the case. And there's going to be some growing pains with all young players in this league. It just, it's just the way it is. There's a lot of different things that they haven't seen before. And then to get in your first regular season game, um, you know, there's, there's going to be mistakes like, like we just talked about. It's never going to be perfect. But I loved how he responded. I loved how he was flying around. I thought he was physical, um, and I think he's he's got a bright future. And uh, it's just he's just got to keep continuing to learn. And and there's no better learning tool than than getting those game reps. Packers head coach Matt Lafleur on Monday. All right, now I want to hear from Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. He met the media after the game on Sunday in Minneapolis as well. I know it's not an excuse, Aaron, but when you don't have your starting offensive tackles out there, um, yeah, it's not an excuse. But I mean, do you kind of say? You'll be okay when, when you're back at full strength, or I guess how do you do it? That's an excuse, so we don't like to say that. These guys are NFL players. There's expectation, whoever's in there, that they're going to play well. Uh, we had a lot of chances today. You know, I'm not taking anything away from their defense, but we hurt ourselves uh, many times, myself included. I had a lot of opportunities to score more than seven. Aaron, last year we sat in Jacksonville and, and you know, people got all worked up that, oh, Aaron's not, you know, saying this is a total disaster or whatever. And you came out and obviously you guys were fine. Do you feel any differently coming out of this one than you did last year or is it fairly similar? Oh, no, I, I, feel, I feel like we had a much better performance. We scored four more points than we did that day. There's a lot to build on when you compare the two. Look, it's tough to win in this league and definitely tough to win when you 
get in your own way too many times. So um, felt like you know we did some good things. We maybe you know got to get some more touches for for Jonesy and Dylan. Uh, made a lot of mistakes in the perimeter, missed some throws. Um, so there's a lot of a lot to clean up all the way around. Yeah, I don't really like playing those what if games, but the games do usually come down to a few plays here and there. If C Dub catches that one, 75 yard touchdown. If I pull the one on the goal line, I walk in for a touchdown. There's 14 points. Let's see, 23 7. Yeah, so we would have been right in it. You mentioned opportunities, but those are two you can definitely say. But what other opportunities were there really for you to make big plays? Is there specific something? Well, there's some execution issues for sure that didn't allow us. You know, the pick was a real dumb decision by me, but the play was, uh, was a good play, and we totally blocked it wrong. You know, we're supposed to block a certain way. Z came basically untouched in the back. I had to block him. I had to roll to the left. I guess that was a fumble. Um, but uh, just stuff like that, where we have a down the field shot. If we just block it away, we know we're supposed to block it. There's going to be an opportunity to take a shot down the field. We don't. I got to move. I should throw it away. I don't. I fumble. Take the ball back. Get three points. So that's one example. There were probably three or four others. What did you think of the performance of the former team in Zedarius? I don't really have any comment on Zedarius. So, so on that goal line one, is that an option for you to take it in, or would you just have it's to not see play it? Call. Just would have to just wing it there. Trust it. You said you had the the young guys, the young receivers. Is that easier said than done now that I mean, he knew it was going to be growing pains. This is the real football. You know, it counts. It's different. There's nerves. I thought Christian ran a great route to start the game. You know, we talked about it during the week. Do you really want to start off with a bomb shot? I said, yeah, what the hell? Why not? You know, this kid can really fly. Let's give him a chance. I was teasing Patrick after the game that we got him. He said, yeah, I wasn't quite warmed up yet. But uh, we got to make those plays. But, but those are going to happen. It's the mental mistakes that we really got to clean up, and there was too many uh, across the board. Is that where the majority of, you know, obviously box ice as you a few times on the sideline, you were a little frustrated. Was it the mistakes? Is that the main thing that uh, at that point that really bothered you? Yeah, I mean, look, obviously it would be great to have a 75 yard touchdown to start the game, but drops are going to happen. It's part of the game. It's the mental stuff that we just can't have because we're hurting ourselves, whether we're going the wrong way on a block or, or you know, missing the protection something or missing a hot or not running the right route, the right depth. There was just too many, uh, too many mental mistakes. Why is that, Arnold? I get the rookies because if they're newish, so maybe they get a little bit of a break there. But, I mean, the old line has played some. Is that just – Week one jitters that you get out of the way and you think you'll be okay. I guess what, what is the disconnect? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure, Bill. I wish I had the answer there. Uh, it's, it's different when it, it's real. I guess you know. It, I know for me, you feel it. It feels different, and and the urgency goes up. But 
hey, love to be sitting here uh, with very few mental mistakes in the first game because then that eliminates you guys the opportunity to write about playing in the preseason or any of that stuff. But the truth is, I mean, we're professionals, so there's an expectation of performance, and it starts with preparation. And there was just too many uh, preparation issues. It was surprising. On the fourth, on the fourth down, um, from the one when the Vikings called timeout, what was the discussion about what you guys were going to run and how confident were you in that play going into it? Yeah, I mean, I like the play call. Uh, there was one of two two plays that we liked. And we were kind of going back and forth. We thought they might place some sort of uh, pressure there. And they didn't. They just closed on the backside pretty hard. But uh, again, I probably I should have just pulled it. I would have walked in. What, what did you see from Christian after that? I mean, he had a couple catches, I believe, right? Look, we got to have patience with those guys. They're young. You know, they haven't been in the, in the fire. Um, now that patience will be thinner as the season goes on, but uh, the expectation will be high. So we'll keep them accountable, but it's going to happen. It's going to be drops. Hate to see it on the first play, but there's, it's a part of it. It's going to be drops throughout the season. So Greg, who was that one play? I'm not trying to put it on him. I'm trying to understand some of the issues you had where Dobbs broke inside, and I think he threw it outside. Oh, I, was, I just threw that. I, I threw that one away. I was about to throw it. I saw 22 just flying on my eyes. And they're playing outside, uh, inside leverage on Kabi. Uh, it was kind of a strange uh, alignment there. Um, I felt like it was, it wasn't there. So I was throwing it. I was throwing it behind him. There was one scramble, scramble drill. I think maybe did you want him to come back and just is that just experience on his part? I don't know if it was him on that one. I felt like there were two guys in the middle of the field and they both kind of did the opposite of what I was hoping they were going to do. Like, they both kind of stopped instead of one stopping and the other one keep going. Um, you know, that's heat of the battle stuff. Again, that situation, maybe I just throw it up to the middle there and hope somebody catches it. But, uh, yeah, we'll learn from this. It sucks. Um, but it's the NFL. we got to come back next week, put it all together, clean it up. Hope to get a couple guys back and uh, you know, see where Dave's at, see where Eldon's at, see where Allen's at. Hopefully get those guys back, see how we come out, John and, and uh, um, everybody else that got hurt. I know there's a few few guys, so uh, mostly on defense, I think. But, but yeah, we got to get some guys back on offense and get this thing going in the right direction. And what's the balance between getting 33 more involved then also you have two rookies, a tight end who hasn't played since week eight last year, Sammy who's never caught a pass from you in a real game, getting them the ball too to kind of get their feet wet in this offense. Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I did one of those early in the game to Sammy just when I maybe could have handed it off, although when I look back at the picture, it was probably the right decision, but I just kind of wanted to get the ball in Sammy's hands, get him, get him a catch. We got to be able to throw the ball outside the numbers, and a lot of the plan this, this game seemed to be inside the numbers stuff. So Sammy didn't have a lot of opportunities, but we got to get him, find a way to get him involved because he's been he's been playing great, he's been practicing great. So we'll get him involved. I'm not worried about that. But uh, yeah, like I said, there's too many mental mistakes, uh, missed some throws, can't turn the ball over, and then we had chances to be right in the game. You know, with that last drive being a game-winning field goal and not a 
fourth down, down 16. Did you get what you wanted out of the um, Dylan and Jones together? Because it seems like you got them matched up on the line back. Yeah, I feel like we had some good positive plays uh, in that. There's more, definitely a lot more. Um, and I'm sure we'll keep, uh, you know, keep adding to the list. But that was a good start for us with those two guys. They just, you know, you see them. They, they, with the ball in their hand, they're dangerous. And different types of players, but we got to keep getting them touches and and uh, early touches too, probably. Two more for him. Who the rest start when you build off of the day? Build off. <clears throat> Some young guys played the first game. Bobby came back from his injury. Those are positives. A lot to clean up. Is it hard to play quarterback when you're? Kind of unsettled back there? Nah. I've been unsettled for a long time. A lot of different games. Um, I felt like overall the protection was pretty good. We had a couple that were probably on the line and a couple that I probably could have could have dished. But look, we'll clean it up. It sucks. It's a tough feeling. But they're, good. they're a good team for sure. They're not a, you know, they're not going to be a three or four win team. That's going to be a team that we're going to be contending with in this division, and we got to turn around, head home Sunday night football against a one and zero team. It's probably riding pretty high. I mean, we got to have a better performance. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers meeting the media uh, after their twenty three to seven loss. All right, that makes the Packers zero and one on the season. We'll be talking about it all week long on ninety seven three The Game in Milwaukee and throughout the entire state of Wisconsin on the Game Radio Network. Quick plug for my radio show on Sunday. I will be live inside Bart Star Plaza. I guess it's inside, outside at Bart. I'll be at Bart Star Plaza. How about that? Uh, starting at 1 o'clock. So we're going to get there early. Sunday night football, prime time. It's Bears week. You're bringing in your arch rivals into Lambeau Field. We would love to see you out there. But my show starts uh, throughout the entire state of Wisconsin on the Game Radio Network starting at 1 o'clock. Would be would love to uh, have you interact with the show. The talk and text line will be open. You can always drop me a tweet at Doug Russell. Of course, you can also uh, always drop us a tweet here on the podcast at Doug Russell Pod as well. Hope everybody has a great week. Hope the Packers have a great week of practice, and uh, we will be talking to you again on Sunday on the radio, and then back here on the Doug Russell Podcast. Have a great week, everybody.